What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Big Freaking Health Coach Podcast. I'm Big Freaking Neil, and I'm joined, of course, as always, by Health Coach Kane, and our powers combined make us the Big Freaking Health Coach Podcast. I love the Captain Planet vibe with that. Right? That made me so happy. <laughs> That's, what just what <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going for. That's what I was going for. It's a little bit of a long title. It's a long name for a podcast, but still pretty dang catchy. It, it rings very true. It though. flows well, and it's very—it's an accurate description of my powers combined with your powers. It's perfect. Agreed. I love it so much. Me too. <laughs> What's going on, dude? What's the latest? Uh, you know what's awesome what's right awesome? now? It involves both of us, oh, so man. I'm going to drag you into it. Let's hear it. But uh, we had a call this morning mm-hmm. with one of our corporate wellness clients. Yes. Um, I don't think we've mentioned it yet, but we do have a company so together called Cubicle Fitness, where we offer customized personal training and nutrition coaching as a employee benefit to companies. Yep. Think like the... Cash benefit uh, that Microsoft offers, but instead of handing their employees cash, uh, they get a personalized personal training program. Which is pretty dope. Pretty dope. And we had an awesome coaching call this morning yes. with, with one of our clients, and we are just so proud of this group. We're not going to use any names because, you know, that's not super cool, but they have been absolutely crushing it. Yes. I mean, there are folks who are no longer dealing with chronic pains that they've had for years. There are people who are fitting back into clothes that they haven't worn in years. There are people getting stronger, getting faster, mile times improving, Mm -hmm. like across the board, these folks are routinely winning every single day. And we are just blown away by how well they're doing. It's awesome. I mean, so as a part of every group coaching session that we do, um, it's done virtually on a, on a group call and, at the beginning of each call, we ask each participant to list a uh, win and a struggle that they had to overcome over the course of the week. And the last few weeks running, both of them have kind of been wins. They have been. The, like, that's the, the <laughs> thing that's so cool. Yeah. It went from, oh, man, my challenge this week, I just wasn't doing this thing. Yeah. And now it's like, hey. My challenge this week was I thought about doing that thing, <laughs> but then I then didn't I did it. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, oh, my exactly. God, that's yeah, that's the dream right there. That's only winning pretty much, <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah, it's been really cool to see something that would normally be such a broad uh not personalized program, you know, it's on a big corporate level or like a step challenge or something like yeah. that. It's very nonspecific, something like that. That's just sort of cookie cutter to see this type of program work on such a personalized re- level and actually be really, really effective for people is, yeah. is awesome. Yeah. I've been very, very happy with those results. It's like, I'll be straight up when we started this, like I thought it was a great idea, but I didn't know if it could be done effectively. Sure. And it very much can like these, these folks are really showing us that this should be probably what happens with corporate wellness in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Just the accountability of having a real live coach on the opposite end of an app goes such a long way. Yeah. I mean, handing somebody a 
cookie cutter, one size fits all program without a coach on the other end, without accountability on the other end, they're just not going to do it. And and it's not going to work well for them because it's not tailored to their specific needs. Exactly. So it's been awesome. God, they're doing so good. It's been a great experience. I'm so proud of them. Same. (laughs) Likewise. So dude, that's, that's the big deal for me right now. I'm just still floating after that phone call today. Yeah. Same. It really, every time we have a, a group coaching session with them, it, I mean, it makes the whole rest of the day awesome. It sets a great tone for the rest of the day yeah. because it's just so positive. It's It's been week after week of just wins and successes and positive feedback. So super happy about it. Uh, that's, that's sort of a, a good segue into what we want to talk about today, which is if you're looking to hire a coach, uh, whether it be, you know, one-on-one, whatever setting it is, what are the criteria to go off of, of finding the right coach for you? Um, and then once you've hired a coach, how do you evaluate them and continue to confirm that they're a good fit for you long-term? This was actually a a question that I got on Instagram, on an Instagram Mm -hmm. story. And we recently recorded a Q&A episode, but this was such a good question and such a good topic to cover and such a meaty topic to cover that I wanted to devote an entire episode to it. I don't think throwing it into a Q&A would really give it justice. Yeah. Like, what would you say? Google it? Like, yeah, exactly. Is, it's something that's a really it needs to be a strong, positive relationship. Yes. And it needs to work long term on your terms. So my relationship yeah. with my clients is. I mean, they're easily some of the most important relationships in my life. Yeah. So just sort of glossing over that would would definitely not do it justice. No. So let's first tackle what are the criteria? What what do you do and ask when you're looking for a coach? And how can you tell, you know, an awesome coach apart from all of these Instagram coaches out there that aren't necessarily the right fit for you? Even though they might be awesome marketers. Sure. Can they actually get the job done? Exactly. Um, The number one thing for me when it comes to fit is do they actually coach what you need? Yeah. And is there proof that they do it? So like if your goal is weight loss and you go and try like an Olympic lifting coach, you're going to be upset at some point, no matter how good that coach is, because Absolutely. what they do is Olympic lifts and what you want is not Olympic lifts. Absolutely. So you need to find the right fit for what you hope to do. Yeah, their their primary focus and their target audience should align with what your goals are. And you shouldn't just gravitate towards a coach because, you know, they post cool videos on Instagram and it's really cool watching them clean and press a certain amount of weight, it should actually align with what you're trying to do. Yeah. What they do, that's, that's not as a bit, as big a deal as what you are trying to get out of it. And without getting too far into the weeds, you can change coaches as your goals change too. Absolutely. So this doesn't have to be the last coach you ever choose. Yeah. Um, but that should be your primary goal right now should align with their primary focus as a coach. And they should have some kind of social proof either through testimonials or videos or, whatever. Um, frankly, if, if I have a coaching prospect say, Hey, do you have somebody's number that I could call and, and talk to? It's only ever happened like one time, but yeah, I mean, I'll ask my clients, Hey, I have someone who wants to see if 
you had a good experience with me. Is it okay if I give you their number and you can talk to them or email them or however you want to talk to them? Um, If your coach doesn't want you talking to their previous clients, run. Red flag. (laughs) Yeah, not a great thing. Huge red flag. Um, Also, I mean, some good indicators when you're just talking with your coach for the first time, if they refer to previous clients a lot in in terms of their results and they align with yours, that's a great sign. Mm -hmm. Um, A really easy, practical suggestion for you for a question to ask a potential coach would be what is your typical clientele? You know, don't even don't guide the question anyway. Don't tell them what you're doing yet. Just ask them what where do their expertise lie and whatever answer they give you should give you a pretty good idea right off the bat if, if it's going to be a good fit for you. Yeah. Another huge point for me is what has this potential coach actually done in terms of fitness themselves. Yeah. Because there is a certain type of trainer out there that is genetically blessed and has not necessarily gone through a major fitness struggle personally. As you know, I'm a big believer in only coaching what you know. Mm-hmm. I I mean, and that goes for even exercises. If I've never done an exercise personally, I'm not going to have a client do it. Why would you? Uh, the first, if I see a new exercise that I want to implement in a program, the first thing I do is try it on myself. Yeah. I'm always the first guinea pig before before it reaches clients. So, yeah, that's a huge deal for me is what has the coach actually done for themselves? What have they what is their fitness journey looked like? Um, And have they struggled with anything in the past? And like sometimes that's harder because there are some some young coaches who are perfectly fine coaches. Yeah, this haven't had too much adversity yet as far as their physical fitness is concerned. And that's okay. Um, What you're looking for then is their ability to coach you. And we'll get to that in the second part of this episode. Yeah. But at the same time, they should know how to deal with setbacks. Yes. But don't just rule people out simply because of their age due due to that little piece of criteria. Sure. Is is what I'll throw in there. I don't think Neil is trying to say that at all. Yeah. Um, But I just don't want the line of thinking to go there because you'll miss out on like when we were 20 some sure. we're no, still that's, good coaches that's very valid i would say there's also many different types of of fitness journeys and struggles and just because like let's say your coach has never been overweight that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily ap- apply to what i'm saying here like there are other right. fitness struggles um but just ask them, ask them questions about their fitness journey, what they've done personally, what they've struggled with. Ask them why they got into personal training in the first place. And oftentimes that will go hand in hand with however they started on yeah. the path of fitness. Um, if they don't have a whole lot to say about it, that could potentially be a, a pretty big red flag. Yeah. But on average, a good coach is going to have a pretty substantial background in some element of fitness. It doesn't have to align exactly with what you're trying to do. And oftentimes it doesn't, but there should be something there. Yeah. As a general rule. Absolutely. And that's, uh, I think one side of a very important coin. That's a lot of experience based anecdotal evidence kind of stuff. The other side of the same coin when it comes to coaching is their actual education. Right. Um, not everyone goes to school to be an effective coach. Sure. Uh, I did not. 
my, my degree is actually in like music business. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have 11 nationally accredited certifications right. that serve my target client. Mm-hmm. And if your coach is not certified, especially if they're not certified, period, but bonus points if they have a certification in what you want them to do for you. Yeah. This is like, okay, they're on Instagram and they have an eight pack, but do they know how to get you one? Yes. Yeah. So the flip side is if they have real world, real world experience without the education, that's a big red flag too. Yeah. You need ideally both sides of that coin. And that's a perfectly fine question to ask up front as well. Mm-hmm. Like what certifications do you have? What are they in? You know, how does it mm-hmm. apply to me? And that's, that's a pretty important distinction too, because you can look at someone who's gotten themselves in great shape and be like, well, I mean, they obviously know how it works and you're right. They know exactly how to train them and people just like them. Right. If you are not just like them, can they apply the appropriate principles to getting you the results you want? That's the difference. Yes. I mean, it's, it's not that they can't train anybody or that they're completely inept. It's that they may not be the right person to help you. Yeah. They have a, they probably have a good template for training someone exactly like themselves, yeah. but not everyone else, <laughs> which is where the, the education piece comes into play. That's a big part of, of why you need to get certified and why that's so <laughs> important is you need to be able to, uh, learn the science and the various things to apply to any given situation or whatever yeah. the, the situation is Yeah, for the client. Exactly. Yeah. Um, as, as far as choosing a, a coach, that's about all the information you can get up front. Yeah. Do they do what you want? Have they had experience doing what you want? Mm. Do they understand the science behind doing what you want? And is there proof that they've done what you want for somebody else? And again, guys, the the really easy methods for getting that information is just to ask, uh, what's your training background? Uh, what have you struggled with on your fitness journey? What types of clients have you worked with in the past? And all of the, none of those questions are are coming out of left field, or at least they shouldn't no, be. They're for not a invasive. Coach. They're not no. uncomfortable. That's pretty standard fare. And if those types of questions do make the the potential coach uncomfortable, then that's probably a red flag too. It's a safe bet they are not the coach for you. Big time. So at this point, you've talked to this coach. They've given you adequate confidence that they can do what you would like them to do. Mm -hmm. And you're showing up to your first session. This is kind of where you want to confirm that this relationship is going to work. Yes. So first step for me would be start asking the question why. So if your coach is giving you a, getting you on a training program, ask them why that's their, their choice for you. Ask them, why they're having you do the exercises they are. And if ever your coach tells you to do something that's kind of weird that you haven't seen other coaches do necessarily, always ask why. Mm -hmm. Ask them what their thought process is. Why are they having you do these exercises or follow this training philosophy? And they should be able to give you a substantial explanation to back it up. Yeah. Everything in a good training program is there for a reason. Yes. Sometimes the reasons aren't terribly complicated, but there is one. Yes. Um, You can also ask why not. That's also an an important question to ask sometimes. If you show up and your goal is to lose 20 pounds and nothing you're doing is raising your heart rate, ask 
why doesn't it feel like I'm working harder or something along those lines? Absolutely. And if it's intentional, they should be able to tell you. And if it's not intentional, you just gave them important feedback yes. on how they can push you a little harder or alter your workout a little bit or move you further forward. That's That brings us to another really important point in the same vein of what is the coach doing with that feedback? Yeah. So based on uh, your results and based on how you're responding to the training program, your coach should be constantly adapting their training style, their cues. They should be personalizing everything to you and how your body is handling the program. Yeah. And that, that brings us like right into the center of communication with your coach. Do they explain things in a way that you understand Right. And if they start from a place during your session where you have trouble understanding what they're asking, do they make changes to their form of communication throughout your session to increase your understanding and increase the efficiency of their coaching? Yes. Yeah. If communicating with your coach is like banging your head against the wall and then it continues to feel like banging your head against the wall and nothing changes, then there's an issue. Now, if if there's a little bit of miscommunication up front, but they address it and adapt so that it makes more sense to you and so that it works for you, then great. That's a sign of a pretty, pretty good coach. Yeah. And usually, honestly, that's how most first sessions go. Oh, the for first sure. session is always a little bit awkward at the top yeah. because no one just starts on the same page. But it's our job to get there with you. Yes. Your job is not to change how you communicate so that we look like an awesome coach. It's our job to understand, first of all, what kind of learner are you? Mm. Are you a visual learner, an audio learner, or a kinesthetic learner? Like, I will change the way that I cue you based on how you understand things best. That right there, I think, is a great summary of what I personally believe makes a great coach. And the, the general rule of thumb that I try to apply to all of my clients is the ability to adapt to the client, to actually personalize the service that you're providing the client. And the biggest red flag of a coach that's not great is a coach that gives all of their clients the exact same type of program and doesn't actually adapt the program to the individual. Yeah. I think that's the biggest biggest distinguishing factor of a great coach and a not so great coach. Yeah. In my opinion, I, I would very much agree. And I think if we wanted to get technical, I would say that's the difference between a trainer and a coach. Yeah. I like that. Anyone can put a workout together. Coaches make sure you understand why it's there, what it does and how to do it again. I mean, we've, we've literally laid out in this podcast so far the exact formula that a beginner can apply to build the training program themselves. Mm-hmm. That is not, that is not the service guys. That's part of it. Part of it is designing a training program, but the other hugely important part, uh, is actually personalizing and adapting that program to you Yeah, moving forward. Yeah. There are a thousand websites that can give you exercises to do. Yes. Are they the right ones? And do they give it to you in a way where you can actually digest it? Yes. Um, so that's very, very important. I, I think really at the end of your first session can tell you a lot about your trainer as well. I agree. Uh, we did the math just a second ago. If you see your trainer for an hour, three times a week, that is 1.78% of your week. So at the end of your session, 
is your trainer walking you through what you just did and your victories for the day. Mm. That's very important, not only from a motivation standpoint, but it means they're paying attention. Yes. And they're tracking things. Yes. So if it's your very first session, they may not have a lot for you. They'll tell you what you did well. Second session, if they don't have a record of how you improved since your first one, red flag. Sure. Secondly, they probably have some homework for you. Things are, my opinion is that you should have habit-based homework in between so that this healthy lifestyle that you're trying to get becomes something that's easy to maintain. Um, Not all coaches agree with that, but that's because goals differ. Sure. Um, But they should have something for you to do with the other 23 hours of your day. Agreed. Yeah. And, and oftentimes let's be, let's be clear. Oftentimes that homework is going to be really, really simple, Mm -hmm. which is also a good sign because that means that the coach has a good understanding of habit formation and exactly how much they should throw at you right off the bat. Um, We've covered habit formation pretty extensively in previous episodes. And we'll continue to. And it's (laughs) because it's hugely important and it's the basis for all of this. Um, But there should be something, you know, a lot of times with my clients for with a new client just starting out, um, that first habit might be, like we said in a previous episode, just tracking their food for one week. Mm -hmm. It might be um, improving their sleep. It might be something as simple as, hey, try to have one less beer per night this week. Sometimes it's really, really basic. And it all comes down to what the client is going to be able to handle initially. Um, If another red flag for your coach (laughs) is if they throw everything under the sun at you. Yeah. Session one and you feel completely overwhelmed. You shouldn't feel like that. No, you shouldn't feel like that. It makes it very, very difficult for you to make significant maintainable changes. Yes. So if at the end of the session they're like, yeah, that was pretty good. You did everything good. And now you're going to get 40 grams of protein. You're going to eat your carbs later tonight. And then you're going to get eight hours of sleep. And then you're going to wake up and you're going to take these BCAAs. And then you're <laughs> can it, can it right away. Yep. That's, that's just inexperience yeah. and inexperienced coaches while they do need practice may not be the right fit for you. If you're very serious about your goals or if you're on a timeline for your goals, because sure. when you hit challenges, they typically will not know what to do with you except say, try harder. Yeah. I mean, it can completely make or break your initial progress, too. Like we said before in a previous episode, uh, just switching from focusing on one habit to focusing on two habits Mm -hmm. is a 60 percent difference in compliance. Yeah. So if all you're getting from your coach immediately is here's five different habits to try to build, that's that's probably going to be closer to a zero percent compliance than anything. Yeah. So, um, and then from, from a personal philosophy standpoint, um, it also completely takes the fact that your priorities aren't a hundred percent up to you out of the equation. Yeah. There are basic needs that you have in life, like money. So you can buy food, shelter, and medicine (laughs) and you, you don't have a choice to go, you know what? I'm not going to work on that important project because I have to go to the gym. Right. Like sometimes you're just not going to make that work out. Yes. And those priorities are right where they should be. You yeah. are not a professional athlete, probably. You're not a model. Your job doesn't depend on your body fat percentage. Yeah. So, yeah, go do the thing that makes money. Spend time with your family. Your kid's sick. Guess what? You're staying home with your kid. Yes. And you should. That's the right thing to do. Yes. 
your coach should be able to listen to that and not go, dude, you're not committed, but be like, okay, cool. Here's what you're going to do instead today. Yes. Here's what we're going to do if exactly. we move it to tomorrow. Here, here's all the things that help you stay on your plan in spite of life's challenges. Yes. A, a really good distinguishing factor could be, so you're a kid sick and you have to miss your session. Does your coach tell you, okay, I'm going to charge you? I have to charge you anyway, or is your coach going to say what day this week would work instead? Or if if that's not a possibility, if your schedule is too tight, here's a workout that you can do at home body weight so you can still get something done today. Mm -hmm. Let me email you what you'll do once you get your kid down, they're asleep. Here's an at-home circuit you can do. Yes. And then even then, I like personally don't charge for illness. I don't charge for children being sick. I don't Same. charge for things that are outside of your control. Same. It should be a higher priority than being face to face with me. Yes, absolutely. It should be a higher priority. And there's no reason why there's no reason why the coach can't adapt the week program to still get you the result by the end of the week that that needs to, ha- you should still be able to get everything that you need to get done by the end of the week. Even if you have to miss a session, the coach should be able to adapt to that. Even if it's just like we said, emailing you a workout that you're going to do from home. Um, another really big one that we didn't really touch on mm-hmm. is how much feedback is your coach asking for? How many questions is your coach asking you? And also how many questions is your coach asking you about your day-to-day life? Yeah. You know, a huge part of my initial appointment with a client is just gathering data on what their typical day looks like. Um, You never want to be multiple sessions in with a client and then have to go, what do you do for work again? Yeah, that is a it's a horrible place to be as a coach. Well, and there are things like just knowing if your client is seated at a desk or working construction all day is something you have to put into your overall exercise program. Yes. Your total amount of activity counts. It's important. Yes. So if they don't know these lifestyle factors for you, that's basic discovery information. Yes. Like this is something that should be a part of your relationship that you guys should know. Yeah. You don't have to tell them a bunch of personal stuff or anything, but they should know more or less how your life runs. Yeah. So that they understand where this fits in context of the rest of your life. Yeah. And I think that brings us to a good sort of overall umbrella rule of thumb for a good coach is that a good coach should really care about you Yeah, as a person. And if it seems to you that your coach is not really invested in you personally, uh, it shouldn't feel like that. A, a really good coach, you should be able to tell that it's, it is a highly valued relationship for them also, because if your coach doesn't have a personal investment in you, they are not going to be able to provide you with the results you're looking for long term. Uh, we've talked about this at length. I have a, a basically a, a real life emotional response when my clients are struggling. It's yeah. it's a huge part of my life. I will lose sleep over it. And I think that's how it should be. I think coaches should be so invested in their clients' lives and their clients' progress that it takes a good percentage of our mental bandwidth um, and is a a big portion of our lives as well. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think that really, if you boil it all down, all that stuff is very, very important. There are only two 
hard, fast deal breakers on a coach for me. Yeah. One is short term when you're doing the initial research and one is long term. I think if your coach has never coached another person in person, whether you're looking for online or in-person coaching, right. do not hire that coach. Yeah. If they haven't coached somebody face-to-face in real life, they do not have the appropriate experience to be an effective coach. I, I believe agree. that 100%. I will never take that back. I agree. Um, the only other thing that is a red flag for me that if your coach has shown over a long period of time that they cannot get you the results you're looking for. Yeah. Don't worry about their feelings. Don't worry about that kind of stuff. Get what you need. Find yourself another coach. Everything else on our list is really, really good baseline information, but it's all guidelines. So like if you really like your coach and maybe the results are a little slower, sometimes they don't listen as much as they could. They are a human being. So you can give them the benefit of the doubt. And if that's not really important to you, and if you're one of those folks that just needs another human there to tell you what to do and make sure that you keep your appointment, that's great. Yeah. Like your needs are being met. Right. So don't worry too much about that kind of stuff. This is, this is all kind of up to your own interpretation but I would say accept those two things. Agreed. Yeah, and and if you do really like your coach and you're noticing a couple of these minor red flags, then bring that feedback to them. Yes. Just like just like you said, Alex, don't prioritize their feelings because a good professional coach is not going to feel butthurt um, from getting feedback like that. Yeah. If anything, they'll be really appreciative if they're a good coach. They'll be really appreciative that now they have more feedback to work with and they can provide a better service for you. Because it could be, you know, you could have an awesome coach and they're just not aware of the need that is not being met. Mm-hmm. And when you bring that to them, they could very likely just correct it. Yeah. And that, that has happened before. I've yeah. had clients that are just cruising. They're doing a really good job. And I don't push as much as I used to when they were struggling. Sure. And they'll come around and be like, hey, everything's going really well, but I really miss that extra motivation. Yeah. That's something that I could use more of. And I'm like, say no more. Absolutely. I'm all over it. If that's what you want, that's what you get. Absolutely. Really, the biggest takeaway, the, the common denominator with everything we've talked about is communication. Yeah. Just... The key to finding a coach, to evaluating a coach, is just constant communication with them. And communicate your needs, communicate when something is not, when a need is not being met, and communicate what you're looking for. Yeah. It's hard to go wrong at that point. Yeah. I think that really wraps it up. I think so, too. I, I know that seems like a lot of stuff that we just threw at you, but Neil summed it up really well. Communication. Yeah. Experience and communication. Yep. So, on that note... Start hunting for coaches. Um, I will also say that having a coach will drastically increase the rate of your progress. Absolutely. So it's it's worth even if you just do six weeks up front to get the ball rolling, definitely do it. They'll teach you a bunch of stuff you need to know. Yeah. Um, at Big Freaking Neil is a great place to ask Neil for questions, especially if you want to lift very, very heavy things. At Health Coach Kane is a great place to ask questions, especially if you have lingering discomfort or injuries um, and want basic functional strength across the board. Awesome. But there are a lot of places that you can find coaching outside of us, too, if you're looking for an in-person experience and you're not in the greater Seattle area. Absolutely. Um, and I think that wraps it up for this this episode, man. I think so, too. Also, guys, if you... 
even if you don't feel that we're the right fit for you to answer your questions and you need a referral, reach out to us in that case too. Oh my God. I refer plenty of people. If I'm not the right guy for you, I'll tell you. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend to be the right guy if I'm not. Alex and I both have a decent network of trainers that we've worked with or just come across, um, at training at, at various gyms. So yeah, reach out to us if you want a place to start looking to. And if it's not us, we can probably set you on the right track. Yeah, definitely. All right. Thanks for listening. Go ahead and leave a review, leave a comment, share this episode with your friends if you thought it was helpful. And I think this one is particularly helpful because I think everyone benefits from coaching. That's why even trainers get trainers. Yep. And share all this info so that people are finding the right coaches for them. Yes. Then leave a comment. Let us know how it went. And let us know if there are other topics that you'd like us to cover when it comes to finding coaching, continuing coaching, and any other health and fitness related information. Absolutely. So we will see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good one. Have a good one, guys. And we'll catch you next time.